You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. This is Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneurs Podcast. Today, we have Amy Felix on with us from Track CE. Uh, Amy, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is going to be a different business, so I'm excited to hear about this. Um, but first, before we get started, uh, give us a little background about you as a nurse. Sure. So hi, everyone. Um, as Katie introduced me, I'm Amy. So I've been a nurse almost 20 years now. It's kind of crazy when you say those double digit numbers. I, <laughs> like, I feel like I should still be a baby nurse. But um, either way, so I um, started my nursing career after finishing uh, nursing school at the University of Pennsylvania. Um, I took my first job as a bedside RN in the pediatric intensive care unit because I loved critical care. I always tell people I feel like it was um, almost like military. It was like you learned so much in a short period of time, especially in critical care. And then I went back uh, for my master's degree at University of Pennsylvania because I wanted to be an NP. Um, I specialize in acute care of um, children. And my next job, once I finished NP school, was outpatient GI in Brooklyn, New York. And then I made my way back to Philadelphia and did emergency medicine as a nurse practitioner. And then most recently as the manager of advanced practice providers. Oh, okay. Well, uh, so we've probably crossed paths because I'm here in Philadelphia as well. <laughs> oh, wow. Look at yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. I went to Penn for undergrad and then I went to Penn for my doctorate degree. Um but okay. I did my, yeah, my master's at Rutgers. So, okay. We probably uh, did then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I've been in, I've been doing this for 20 years as well. So we definitely cross paths somewhere, if yep. not anywhere, but uh, maybe at the bar somewhere downtown. So. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Um, all right. So tell me, uh, so you were a pediatric nurse practitioner and mm -hmm. were you working at CHOP? That's always the obvious place, but that is the obvious place <laughs> I was working at CHOP. Correct. Okay. And so how did, how did that lead from, you know, pediatric NP to track CE? Uh, take us through that journey. Oh, sure. So I always tell people nurses are natural innovators. We fix things, we fix people. And if you ever want to figure out how to solve a problem, talk to a nurse. We always have the answers. Uh, for me, I was very frustrated with the process of renewing my licenses and certifications. Um, I had three NP licenses. At that time, I had four certifications and RN licenses. And I thought the process was just too cumbersome. There had to be an easier way of keeping track of the continuing education credits, deadlines. I just hated the fact I was always rushing at the end of like the um, deadline time. So either way, I had this idea of like, would be really cool if we had an app or some way of capturing this information that's needed to renew it. And really just kind of played around with the idea literally on a piece of paper, like scribbled some notes. And there was an innovation um, office at the hospital I worked at. And they said, oh, you can come in for office hours. And I went in with my piece of paper uh, saying, hey, I think we should create something like this. And little did I know, it was actually a room of 10 people who were hearing me talk about my idea on a piece of paper. And honestly, that's how Track CE was born, from this idea of there has to be a better way of managing our certifications and licenses to where we are now. 
Um, yes, they're just, and it actually just triggered my memory because my license is coming up for renewal, my certification for acute care. <laughs> and I don't, yep. I got to find all these stupid <laughs> CE credits like that I've done over the years. Um, really annoying. Exactly. So, okay. So you scribbled it down. It's one thing to have an idea. Lots of people have ideas, yep. but it's a whole nother ball game to make something out of them. Um, so you went to you were in this office, you're talking to 10 different people. Uh, so how did it start? How did the ball start? Were they like, Oh my God, this sure. is amazing. Or were they just kind of like, yeah, maybe someday somebody will do that. Well, they kind of gave me a lot of things to think about. Cause I was, just, I was just thinking, Hey, I'm giving you the idea. I can help you figure it out and we can go along from there. But they had a program, which many hospitals now have innovation programs, especially in universities where they can partake and bring an idea to an actual product. Um, so I applied for the program and didn't get in and actually was like, okay, guess it's not a real thing, but funny enough, a year later, my now co-founder presented this same idea to them and he was a physician and they were like, we're going to say no, but there's another person who has a similar idea and you guys should meet. And that's how we decided like we want to push this forward. Um, I think it's the idea of, you know, it can make a difference. It's figuring out who can help you make the right difference, right? If you're going through different avenues and it's not working. Um, so for us, we sought out small business development centers and got someone to kind of coach us and help us say, well, how do we make this thing on paper become an actual idea that will also generate revenue at some point? And we yeah. were told we had to create a business and we were like, oh, that's not what we were thinking. But okay, how do we do that? And I think it's every step that we've taken, it's kind of led us to this place of like, wow, we have a business now and we own this company that's a mobile app or a tech startup. Yeah, and that's, uh, it's not, um, not necessarily an easy business that you're in yeah. <laughs> at all, because <laughs> the, the idea seems relatively straightforward and simple, but the the actual like building of the and this is an app that you have. Is that what this is? Yes. So Traxi essentially we call it the digital wallet for nurses and doctors, and the premise is the idea of can it capture all the information you need to practice efficiently. So whether it be your continuing education credits putting in your license number, your DEA number, so you're not looking in your notes on your phone or trying to remember all these things that are essential for you to practice. Um, like you said, it's not easy. And if you asked me three years ago when I scribbled it on paper, would I be here? I'd probably like, no way. Like, this is not what I'd be doing. But it's been a very exciting journey as you learn so much more about the idea of creating something and then making it actually happen through all the ups and downs and the roadblocks. It's really just pushing the idea forward. So when this doctor came to you, doctor, I'm gonna call him Dr. Raj because this yep, last Dr. Raj is something, <laughs> something else. Um, okay, so when he contacted you and said, hey, we have similar ideas, um, we should yep. work together. What were kind of the next steps? Cause it's a big deal to to start a business with somebody you don't really know. Right, and I think part of it for us was that we didn't know each other. We knew that we worked in the same institution. So it was more of like a meet and greet, right? So our first initial meeting was like, hey, let's meet and talk about why this is something you want to do and why is it something that I want to do? And then it's constant check-ins of like, well, what do we want to achieve? Do we have similar end goals? And how do we attempt to get there? I mean, the idea of us having it on paper and just playing around with it was talking to various people and saying, going back to the drawing board. And each time we went back to the drawing board, it was very collaborative, which I appreciated because sometimes you hear about relationships with physicians and nurses, it's different, but 
we have this kind of sound idea of like, this is what we want it to be. I'm going to hear your thoughts. You're going to hear my perspective. How do we create the best product for our colleagues? And I think really that's been the premise of our partnership in working on the app. Yeah. I mean, and even still like, uh, you know, having regular meet and greets and stuff. I remember this was, uh, this was like 10 years ago, me, a physician and another nurse had decided that, you know, we were going to go into business together and we were all gung ho about it. And we even had a couple meetings and then it just kind of like fizzled out. Like, and that mm -hmm. seems to be the natural course for a lot of, of people with ideas because there is such a big barrier right before you get started or you even get any traction in it. Um, so how did you guys keep up that momentum, to, you know, working together? Sure. I think we met regularly. And if one of us, I mean, we all had professional careers and lives. So if one of us was like, oh, we need to connect, um, the other one would just reach out. So it was really kind of synergistic in that sense. Um, and really a lot of touch points. Like when we were told that, okay, this may not fit the innovation program at the institution we worked at, you can reach out to the small development center. Do you guys, do you think that's something we want to do? Yeah, let's talk to them. When we go to the Small Business Development Center and they said, you need to create a business, we're like, wait, is that what we want to do? Like, are we really creating a business, right? So it's really having open communication lines with that and everyone bringing their strengths and into it in order for it to progress forward and having open, honest conversations. Sometimes they're not the easiest, right? But if you have a mutual respect for each other, then you can move forward. Yeah. And that, that's so important. Your communication lines are so, so important. Mm -hmm. um, and especially because there is a really, really powerful force that can make you perceive that either you're doing all the work or the other person feels like they're doing all the work or, you know, there, there can be that imbalance uh, and mm -hmm. whether it's real or perceived is irrelevant, right? Like as soon as it's, you know, you as soon as you feel like you're doing everything and the other person's not doing anything, uh, or any slight imbalance there, it can be, it can break relationships. Um, did it you guys absolutely can. Yeah, go through any rough periods or? I think that um, we, in trying to figure out the next step and we kept kind of hitting roadblocks, it was really this kind of conversation of like, well, where do we see this going? Um, I think that as we tried to, so I shift from working full-time clinically to really taking this on full-time as I work on something else as well, my other business. So with me shifting, there are those moments in full transparency where we had conversations of like, well, you're, my co-founder is still working full-time. What, what does that allocation of his time look like versus mine? And how do we decipher that moving forward as we start thinking about our partnership agreement, our revenue stream, et cetera, et cetera. And I think those are things that, again, just require open communication, honesty in order to make the right decisions moving forward. So what is the the business model for this? What is How does this make money? Sure. So um, currently we had launched our beta model last year. And so we actually have it for free while people test it out. We were fortunate enough to bootstrap initially and then um, got some non-dilutive funding through various pitch competitions through the city of Philadelphia, the American Nurses Association, and other um, organizations that kind of have supported us financially. Um, where it will be generating revenue, it'll be a subscription model. 
so that nurses and physicians can sign up for the program. They'll get notifications and reminders of when due dates are, recommendations for things that they can take um, in order to help meet the requirements. And then we are hoping that um, we'll be collaborating with state boards so that it also feeds the information. So it would be an annual subscription that someone could um, sign up for in order to get that assistance. Uh, it sounds like a nice thing for hospitals to pay for <laughs> as well. It would it would be great as well. We've, we've thought of that model as well. I think what we've also learned is really starting, like you have all these brand ideas of what you want it to be, but you have to start with the baby steps and the iterations. Um, very similar to PDSA cycle that you do in a hospital. It's just like, we're going to create this, test it out, get feedback, try again. And really and truly, that's where we are in the business now. Yeah, no, it's it's funny because I when I was doing my PhD, I remember, uh, you know, they were pushing me for my thesis, and I was like, well, I'm going to do uh, something in subarachnoid hemorrhage, and I'm, they're like, okay, well, you need to narrow that down just a little. And then I came up with this epiphany, and I'm like, well, I'm going to do return to work, and they're like, yeah, you have to pick something specific, and you know, I see that same thing happening in business, right? Like I'm always pushing the nurses to like pick something really specific with to start because it's so much easier to get traction and to move forward as opposed to like, let me take on everything, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. So in terms of developing the app, how long did it take? Was it expensive? Um... So we actually found various vendors um, in order to kind of get realistic quotes of what it would cost since we were bootstrapping um, the app development. We used um, we did some locally and then we went internationally um, and found a vendor based out of India, um, which ended up working well as my co-founder Dr. Raj knew someone based out of India who connected us with this developer. I would say overall, it probably took about, let's see, we probably started in the fall and we were ready by the spring. So maybe five to six months um, max. That's fast. And I would say, yeah, it was pretty good because we would have, we had an idea of what we wanted. They were building the tech um, for it. And every week we kind of had these calls. Um, literally at nine or 10 o'clock at night, um, US time, because they're in India time. So I'd be rubbing my eyes and we would look at what they had done. And, um, and then we would say, oh, it actually needs to say this, or it needs to say that. Because what I learned in the process is that you're really developing the idea and you're just telling them, this is what it needs to look like. They are not going to help you create like, oh, it should look like this in the color scheme. That's all you. You're literally saying, I want these five things can you make the technology do that? And so that was also a learning process because prior to doing that, they're like, well, you need a logo and a color. And we're like, oh my gosh, we didn't even, you don't have one. Can you create one? Like, can you create one? <laughs> the tech can you guys. create one? And like, right. No. And there's like, you need a website. And I was like, oh, a website to link. Wait, can you do that too? And <laughs> so it was, it was all of these pieces that you learn because again, I didn't aim to go into business. I wanted to create something for myself and my colleagues that was helpful. But these are the pieces now that I know that when I speak to other nurses who are like, I want to start with a business, I'm like, wait, can I tell you? Great to have big ideas, but please make sure you understand the small pieces in between it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I'm, I'm just laughing because, uh, we, we've had the same thing, you know, with uh, some of our just experiences and realizing that the tech guy is not the design person and, you know, like <laughs> they'll give you whatever. I, I made that mistake of, you know, 
thinking the tech guys were going to help me conceptualize and they don't help you conceptualize. They will do what you tell them to do, but they're not, and you're not paying them to conceptualize. And, you know, you have to right. understand that as well. Right. Agreed. Um, all right. So, um, okay. So what are, what are kind of the big ideas that you have that maybe are on the back burner or, you know, potentially coming up sometime soon? Um, in terms of the app itself? Yes. Yeah. So our goal right now, like I said, we're beta testing and we're in the process of finalizing the items in order before we create the next version of it. The biggest items is to make sure that um, the nurses and physicians can get notifications of when things are due. So normally a state board will notify you two months in advance, maybe three months, it gets lost in email. We want to give you a heads up six months, nine months in advance, just so it's on your radar and you're not looking for things right before the due date. Um, the second thing that we're looking at including is taking a little bit of the manual piece out so that you can actually easily mm -hmm. upload your certifications or take pictures of it and the data gets entered in manual um, automatically and you can verify it. That way it's so much easier for the person to keep track of it versus mm -hmm. um, actually have to man manually put it in, which is what it is now. And then lastly, like I said, big picture is that we are trying to collaborate with state boards so that there's an, a connection and ease of process where we can help verify that information for the state board and hopefully make their systems more efficient. Yeah. And like I said, you're, you're hitting a nerve because actually I totally forgot about it and it's due this month, um, June. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta get out these CE credits. I totally forgot about them. Um, but the, I can also see something like this in this, in the schools of nursing, because I mean, that's another run around, always chasing my tail, trying to, you know, make sure somebody's CPR card is updated. I'm like, come on, yeah. <laughs> this, this, yeah. this cannot be a manual process. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And you're talking hundreds and hundreds of students, um, you know, to, to have to do this with and then chase after everybody, um, you know, and so something like this would be absolutely perfect. Um, yeah, I love that. So now you also have this other business. Do you want to talk about uh, the nurse sabbatical and, and where this came from and how you do this sure. all in your free time? <laughs> <laughs> sure. So um, as I had mentioned before in my nursing career, I've worn amazing tons of different hats and have truly enjoyed being a bedside clinician. Um, but, you know, through the pandemic, as we've seen in headlines, I was experiencing burnout in 2021 and really was looking for another option or opportunity in nursing, but I couldn't figure out what it was or what it should look like. Um, and at that time, Track CE was still a baby, like there was no physical app yet. So it was kind of like a side hobby I was working on. Um, and what I decided at that time is that I just needed a break. I didn't want to leave nursing. I wasn't trying to shift jobs, but I wanted to figure out how could I make the best impact in nursing, but I needed a break to figure out what that looked like. So I left my role in 2021 of December or December of 2021. And I called uh, my sabbatical because when you tell people that you're leaving your job, they're like, are you okay? Is someone <laughs> dying? Like no one takes breaks. What are you talking about? We don't even take lunch breaks as nurses. How can you say that you're just taking a break. And my team at that time, which was about 40 NPs, were like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, rest, like nap and like eat lunch, not in front of a computer and just live for a moment. And so me, I come up with this concept of the nurse sabbatical because physicians get career breaks, uh, clergy get career breaks. There are people in different industries on the business side that are now offering sabbaticals. Why don't nurses, the most trusted profession in 
in the United States get career breaks. So I developed this idea and started blogging about it, my journey through my sabbatical, because I just wanted to share my story. I didn't know anyone else who had done it. And I thought if there was anyone else thinking about it, let why not kind of share that story with them? But as I continued to talk about my sabbatical, there were people who came up to me and would ask me questions about it. And I was like, wow, well, maybe this could actually be something else. So now I do coaching for nurses who are interested in taking a career break and kind of designing what that would look like. And the premise is not really like, I'm just going to leave nursing and shift. It's really to re rest, reclaim your joy in nursing and chase whatever dream that you have. So if you just want time off to work on a side hobby or start a business, you can take a break and still do the things that you love. Maybe you want to travel somewhere that's been on your bucket list for like over a month. You can take a break and do that. Or maybe you just want to rest and take a, a break from nursing and then decide that you want to do more or pivot in a different role or become a nurse entrepreneur. Like it just allows you that time to do it. And so now I have the nurse sabbatical movement that I share with people. Oh, I love it. Um, yeah, we, we did have a lot of parallels because actually during COVID, that's exactly what I did. I took um, my, I'm a single mom and my son was eight at the time, but I moved the two of us down to Mexico and I see you were in Tulum. Wow. So we were in Puerto Venturas uh, for a year and it was the most relaxing I still dream of, I need to go back, but he's got to graduate from eighth grade first. I can't move the child again, but he did school down in Mexico and he loved it. Um, and it was the one of my, I mean, I hate to say COVID was my best year, but it really was. <laughs> so yeah, wow. I, I love the pictures on this website and I love that message. Um, and I can imagine it's, it's really resonating with people right now. Yeah, I think that you were always used to being on the go. And I mean, I lived for an ICU nurse, ER, NP, like I wanted to be in the hustle and bustle. And then there just became a moment where I was like, wait, I don't want to do this anymore, but I don't want to leave what I do. And honestly, even in those moments, there was a period of almost grief. Like, you know, it was still nursing shortage was happening. And I'm like, I'm taking time for myself. But I was like, if I take this time for myself, I can give back 10 times more to others, which is what I truly love to do. Right. Um, what was the highlight of your sabbatical? Um, honestly, the highlight, it's the simplest thing. I love waking up in the morning and like working out and meditating. And then I would drink a cup of tea out of a mug without rushing to do anything. <laughs> and I know that sounds super crazy, but when you're used to your morning routine where there are emails going off, things are happening in a hospital, you're running out the door, maybe your mug is closed, it's spilled all over you, you're fighting Philadelphia traffic, to then sit down and then function, like erasing all of that was just amazing to me. It, I, I would echo that. You know, I, yeah. my favorite thing was watching the sun come up over the horizon in the morning oh. uh, with my cup of coffee. And that's why I told my son, I'm like, when you grow up, I need you to be an architect because I need uh, a house <laughs> that faces east where I can see the horizon line. It doesn't have to be over the water, but I have to see the horizon because I love that. Right. <laughs> and that, that's where I'm going to die, <laughs> you know, just watching the sun come up every day. So... Yeah, I think having those experiences of, you know, you taking time away in Mexico, it just gives you a different perspective of life. And I know we've all been through COVID. Some of us have come out on the other side and it's now like, well, dream big. What do you want to experience in life versus just saying, I'm going to stick to the same way? Yeah, absolutely. I love that message. Um, all right, Amy. Well, if people want to find out more about, they want to sign up for Track CE, they want to go on a sabbatical, um, how do they get in touch with you? 
Sure. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Amy Felix. I talk about all of those things. Um, if you're looking for information on TrackCE, we are only on the App Store right now. We're going to be building out the Android version. You can find it on the App Store or trackceonline.com. We're on all social media avenues. And then if you want to learn more about sabbaticals or taking a sabbatical, definitely reach out to me as I'm doing small um coaching classes to help other nurses kind of design their sabbatical. You can find me on Instagram at the nurse sabbatical or on YouTube, the nurse sabbatical. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. No problem. And thank you so much for having me. This is Katie Harris saying thanks for listening. Remember, if you're a nurse who is ready to start this type of business that you heard about here today on this podcast or any other idea that is burning a fire inside of you, let's talk it out. Click the link inside the show notes to schedule your private discovery call with my team. No sales. This call is just to determine what your idea is and if we can help. Until next time, keep making your impact, nursepreneurs.